0: Welcome back to Talent Talk. This is episode 31. Today we have Amy Taylor, UNF alum and former swimming great for the Ospreys. Taylor is serving on the front lines during COVID-19, so we want to catch up with her and see what the demands are and how she's doing as a nurse. Thank you for what you're doing for communities now, and thank you for representing UNF very well. So when she was at UNF, Taylor was breaking records in the pool in a number of events, Taylor had a memorable 2016 CCSA championship, making the most out of her final events as an Osprey. And during that time, she set the 200 fly, the 1650 free 1000 free school record while contributing to the new 400 medley relay record. So three times she was named CCSA swimmer of the week. She was a four time member of the CCSA all academic team too so something special right there for sure. We'll talk a little bit about that uh, but we'll also begin today talking about her work on the front lines. Thanks for taking the time to talk today Amy.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So uh, I know we just talked a little bit before we got going here Uh, just summarize real quick um, how long you've been a nurse and kind of your path to that profession and um, your academic background.
1: Okay. So I have actually been a nurse only nine months now. I started back in July. And so originally when I graduated from UNF in 2016, I was actually a public health major and um, knew I wanted to work in healthcare, didn't really know what I wanted to do. Uh, Even when I graduated, I was still kind of undecided, but I had thrown around the idea of being a nurse, um, in the past, and finally, I settled on nursing. So, I actually moved to South Florida for a couple of years, got my nursing degree, and then just recently moved back up here in July um, to work. So,
0: uh, so go back into that. What was you, you started in public health, and that is a, a broader degree. I know a lot of people get health science or public health degrees. And uh, what was the inspiration to pursue nursing?
1: Honestly. So there's actually not much healthcare. There's like I my immediate family, they're not healthcare workers. I didn't really know a lot about the profession. Mm. Oddly enough, it comes back to when I was just a little kid. I think I told my parents I had maybe like a toys that were like a stethoscope and I told my parents like I'm going to be a doctor. And my parents were like, "Um, maybe maybe you shouldn't be a doctor. Have you ever heard of what a nurse is?" And I From that moment, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a nurse and just kind of kept it with it my whole life. And finally, I probably took till college to actually explore what nursing was. And it just kind of seemed like a cool profession. You don't have to sit at a desk all day. You're helping people. And it just ended up being everything that made sense in my life. So.
0: That's often the story for a lot of people. I mean, they start out as something as a kid and they like something and they're curious about it. And lo and behold, 20 years down the road, if they play their cards right, they're doing that as their profession. So congrats on that. Congrats on making that happen, too, Um, and becoming a nurse, because I know that's definitely a lot of hard work. Um, And for a lot of the nursing students that are athletes, I'm sure you can vouch to how hard that would be. Um, Very hard. I um, imagine. <laughs> how was how was nursing school? How was getting that taken care of? And then you were down in South Florida. and You came back to Jacksonville. Uh, were you trying to make that happen?
1: Yeah. So originally, when I moved down to South Florida, the intention was um, I had lived from Jacksonville for four years, and I was thinking, you know, I'm going to go explore different areas. And after living down there for two years. I mean, it was a great experience, um, but it just made me reflect and realize how much I miss Jacksonville and how much I love this area. So uh, at least to start out my job and start my career, I, I knew I needed to come back. And um, that's kind of what brought me back up here as far as nursing school itself. Yeah, it was it was a difficult two years. <laughs>
0: it was mm-hmm.
1: very difficult, but uh, it's always, you know, you can always get through that. So I did it and then now I'm reaping the benefit. So,
0: Mm -hmm. what was it about Jacksonville that you kind of reflected on and really wanted to be a part of again?
1: So, of course, uh, a lot of my close friends here, a lot of my ex teammates, um, now very close friends, were up here still. So, I always missed them. Just the connections I made were great, but just couldn't replace those people in my life. And then realizing that Jacksonville is just a special area. you have, you can do anything here. You have the beaches, you have the downtown area. There's so much opportunity um, on your days off when we don't have coronavirus (laughs) going on (laughs) that you can go out and um, explore. And I just love the nature of the area. So it it really, uh, it tied me back in.
0: Okay. I mean, I think that's a lot of people's perspective on it. And I know, um, speaking for myself coming, not being a Floridian and coming to Jacksonville, it's definitely a city that a lot of people don't think of when they think of Florida, but they should because of the diversity of, of what's in the city um, and whatnot. So you were a flo- you've were you been in Florida your, your pretty much your whole life then. Um, yeah. you, you went to high school in Florida um, and then you, you, you pursued swimming here and your brother pursued swimming. Um, it's, was that always in the family? I, I read that I think you guys were your fir- the first collegiate athletes in your family though.
1: So we were definitely the first swimmers. Um, I have a couple cousins swimmers, that okay. um, actually, my, so I had swim or my bad. So I had uh, cousins that were track, and then I had one that did basketball. But as far as our, uh, we were the first swimmers in the family, and uh, we, our parents just kind of randomly put us in swimming. It actually came down to my brother. He was looking for sports, and my parents wanted us in sports, and randomly my mom was like, oh, you know, he was pretty good when I taught him how to swim, so we both started the swim team, and it just, we never did anything else, it seemed like, so, yeah, it was kind of random that we became swimmers, and, but yeah, my parents really pushed, they wanted us to be athletes, and the goal was always college, so...
0: So we'll get into that swimming a little bit more later, but obviously very successful. Two Division One swimmers, and your brother swimming at Florida. This really mm-hmm. great accomplishment too. Um, what what were your so your parents kind of led you in that kind of nudged you in that area? What were their uh, what was their perspective of when you became a nurse, and what's your brother doing?
1: So yeah, they're super excited that I'm a nurse. Of course, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they're proud and but. As far as career choice, it was always that was always my decision. Um, they would, probably would have supported me in any role. But, of course, they were excited. And then, you know, they're excited now. You see a lot of people, maybe even more so my age, that aren't really working at the moment or don't know what their future holds. So, mm-hmm. of course, they're very happy that mm-hmm. um, I'm stable in that sense. And then, as my brother, actually, he's kind of working... In a different role i guess you could say the front lines he's an essential worker right now um, he's actually an assistant manager at um, Publix, so okay. a good chain
0: yeah both you guys are putting in hours that a lot of people you know would be very appreciative to have but obviously it's a lot of hard work right now um mm-hmm. and that's a perfect transition so you start as a nurse and this is you know you're you're working as a nurse before uh the COVID 19 outbreak and now you're also working as a nurse during that period kind of explain that transition time um when things started to shift for your job
1: yeah so like i said i've only been a nurse for nine months now Mm -hmm. and never in my wildest dreams even imagining my first year as a nurse did i think i would be in the middle of a pandemic um just no one saw it really Mm -hmm. coming that i know of and So it really started shifting probably once, I mean, originally we were looking at Italy and you're like, well, okay, there's coronavirus over there. It's you, you kind of think it's not going to happen to me. It's not going to happen here. And of course it does. So as soon as we started getting those first cases just in the United States in general, suddenly everything was felt very different. Um, hospitals are pretty much locked down at the moment there's one entrance one way in employees are getting their temperatures taken we're being asked screening questions to make sure that we don't we're not showing symptoms and then we're wearing masks right now Um, and so it's just super locked down it feels a lot more stressful in general just for that reason and this is something that Usually we have, you know, you we're treating things every day. Um, But usually we know the treatment plans. We know what to expect. Now we're looking at coronavirus, and we don't really know what to expect right now. So, you know, one thing they're saying is, well, maybe we don't have a lot of coronavirus in the hospitals right now. But it's kind of like, when will we not? Mm -hmm. If we will. It could be Mm -hmm. when, and we don't know what that day will be. So it's pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a lot of the patients we were seeing, you know, elective surgeries are shut down right now. So the patients we were seeing are, have to be there. So it's kind of almost a sicker level of patients. It feels like on the normal floors and then the Corona floors are locked down. They actually have special, uh, maintenance went in there and turned those units upside down. They like inserted new ventilation to make sure that the air's not going into the hospital. So wow. you just kind of look, yeah. And, um, it just looks. It's you know, it looks like a scene out of a movie. Um, there's just you know, new ventilation going into every single room, and then of course the workers are completely gowned up and face shields and masks you can't even you know you have friends on the unit and you can't even tell who's who because you just see their eyes so yeah it's different
0: that's a really good summarization too and i really wouldn't have thought about that air ventilation part of it so do you remember that kind of first day that wow this is not my normal routine of going into work like this is a different process
1: yeah. So that kind of happened. We get daily up, uh, email updates and I think I had been off for a few days um, just because that's how my schedule works. And suddenly we were getting new emails saying, you know, big red letters, update. This is like, these are the new changes. And um, every day we've been getting those emails sent. So it's been what about three um, it's probably been a month now we've been getting these new emails and every day something might change um but definitely that first week that was suddenly like that was when the hospital initially kind of closed down and all of the entrances were blocked and then same with um you know one day it was like patients can have two visitors and then like two days later it's like there will be no visitors unless Mm -hmm we absolutely have to have this visitor in the hospital. So yeah, it's just constantly evolving at the moment.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, So what was, what was that like for you mentally to kind of realize that it's not going to be the, my normal work environment? Um, Was it hard to focus on the jobs at hand or did you adjust pretty well?
1: So I'll say it was scary. I was, it was definitely scary. Um, reading the emails, looking at the news, realizing the reality of the situation. Uh, I definitely felt the stress and I think I was, I I felt very stressed. But then of course, going into work was actually different. Um, Going into work, I actually felt kind of the same as I usually do. You know, you're still doing your job and um, you just have to do it to the best of your ability. So it didn't really change how I was at work, but definitely in my mind, it was hard to mm-hmm. kind of cope with everything going on.
0: So does the hospital and just the, um, the, the medical frontline industry right now, do they recommend any, anything for nurses or anything for doctors that are, you know, working at hospitals? What are they saying for them to kind of keep themselves safe and, do they need like stay make extra precaution to stay away from as many people outside of work, or how does that work?
1: Um, I think that they kind of tell us the um, they're giving us kind of the typical, the same thing as you'll hear uh, the government saying, you know, stay home. Um, yeah, stay home, you know, make sure that you're six feet apart when you have to go out. But we're not really giving being given any additional precautions. I think, if anything, nurses and doctors are taking it upon themselves to be even more careful. Um, you know, when they do have to go out to the grocery store, but nothing really mm-hmm. specific.
0: How has it changed your relationship with coworkers and uh, doctors and other nurses? Do you guys feel kind of at the same level of communication, same level of closeness, or is it even closer now or you're kind of bonding over the challenge or how's that, how's
1: that going? Yeah, I personally feel like um, there's kind of a more teamwork feel Um, even just without saying, you know, we've always been great at teamwork. We all kind of work together really well, at least um, in my area, but I kind of do feel that extra closeness and I feel us kind of, sometimes leaning on each other, we'll talk about what we see in the news. And I think it actually kind of helps us um, cope with um, the changes to kind of understand and just having each other to uh, talk about it. And then, you know, when you're working in the areas, um, people outside the hospital, they don't really understand what we're seeing, and um, how different what we're seeing is compared to what we've seen in the past. Um, I've heard some kind of almost horror stories from uh, different friends that work in the field and what they've been seeing as well. But uh, I think it's great because we're there for each other. And we understand um, versus, you know, maybe someone who Yeah, like I said, who doesn't work in the healthcare. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. How is that? I'm sure people ask you a lot and are asking you similar questions. I'm asking you now, how is that explaining it to people not in healthcare, not that aren't nurses? How is it explaining your work to them right now?
1: Um, so I, I think it's, people definitely want to know a lot of people are, are definitely asking, as you've heard, um, there's like a huge, people seem a little bit more appreciative of healthcare workers than maybe they have in the past. They look at us as heroes. I don't, I don't like to take the hero term. I don't think that's really a proper term, but, um, explain it to them. I, I, I like to think that they under you know that they process what we're saying but like i said until you see it firsthand um it's it's hard to see it's hard to say and it's hard to understand for them um because i i want to say you know people are like oh well people are sick all the time and then you're explaining it to them like no this this is sickness is different it affects the body like you know in ways we didn't expect and I think it's just hard to comprehend unless you are seeing it, but mm-hmm. they do their best.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure it heightens your level of um attentiveness and seriousness about coronavirus um mm-hmm. as an illness too. It's kind of probably always brewing in your mind as a bigger looming threat because it's more present um with you in your daily life. Is there something you've um you've learned about this profession during this period that you didn't think you would learn as quickly as you have?
1: Um, I would say what, it's something I think I knew and I've realized, but these people like the nurses, the doctors, they just adapt so well. And, you know, you really see, um, you do see that we're human and you, I think I realized more how human we are um but yeah you definitely realize how adaptable um your coworkers are to and you know i don't know what's going on at their home or the sacrifices they're making but you know right now at work i see everyone making a different type of sacrifice whether it's like someone not seeing their children someone not seeing their parents um, for this length of time but you just kind of realize how awesome everyone you work with is. And I think I appreciate them a lot more. Um, I did. I appreciate them before, but appreciate the sacrifices they make even more now.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a it's going to bring out, you know, the feistiest and, you know, element of everybody in order to um, in order to address it. So going into your kind of typical schedule in the week, Um, How many Mm -hmm. days are you working? Talked about that a little bit. How many days are you working? How long are your shifts? And then where are you working in the hospital? So
1: I work, so this is a typical nurse schedule because it might sound uh, (laughs) like not a lot, but I work three days a week and Mm -hmm. um, typically have four days off throughout the week. So I work 12 hour shifts, which Realistically, are more so 13-hour shifts. Once everything's said and done, um, and then of course, there's always opportunities to pick up overtime um, on top of that. So I could do four shifts in a week if I wanted to, or, or up to five. Um, I am currently working in a progressive care unit. Uh, the way that I explain that is, we don't get the super sick patients. That would be in the intensive care units, but we don't have. Um, you know, the super stable patients either. We're kind of that in between. And I tend to work with a lot of um, pre and uh, post surgical cardiac patients at the moment.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I know, we, we touched on that too. And um, before and your interest in working in that uh, area being a nurse, uh, what's that been like? What's, uh, what's that experience like? Have you enjoyed it?
1: Yeah, I, I actually I've, I've loved most days of it. Um, it's been stressful. They say the first years nursing, first couple of years of nursing, is extremely stressful. But uh, you know, there's good days, and it's definitely shown me that I'm exactly where I want to be, and um, I've loved the whole experience so far.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's very uh, rewarding as well. Um, do you want to continue, hopefully, working in that in that specific area?
1: Yeah, I definitely want to continue in this type of area and uh, haven't really thought too hard where I want to go next. Um, I think throughout my career, I want to get as many as much experience in different areas as I can. But definitely for now, I'm very happy about where I am.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so just talking about uh, coronavirus and being a, a nurse – and seeing it at a different level than the general population, what are some kind of recommendations if you have them that you think people should take into consideration or additional thoughts about staying healthy that you've picked up on maybe?
1: Um, So I think the biggest thing um, that I hope people realize is that even as, you know, the beaches are reopening and you might hear in, The news that we're starting to flatten the curve, which is a positive. Um, But just because we're flattening the curve, it doesn't mean that we've found a cure to coronavirus. Um, Coronavirus is still out there. And, you know, even as the curve flattens, people are still going to be at risk. So I think it's important that, you know, continue to maintain that distance, um, continue to only really do what's necessary at the moment until we can really um, finish this battle and get closer to the finish line at least. Um, also, you know, a lot of people do say, well, I'm not elderly and I'm not sick, so coronavirus won't affect me the same way. There are people who probably have coronavirus and don't realize that they're um, asymptomatic, they're not showing any type of. The illness but then you know that you might have a 20 year old who is and um could you know it could attack that person even though they're healthy and they're you know everything that you would think wouldn't lead to them getting super sick but they can still get super sick so um it doesn't it doesn't really the virus doesn't discriminate by age. It doesn't discriminate by health status. It's, it can happen to anyone. So
0: that seems careful out there. Yeah. And that seems to be one of the weird things about the coronavirus is that it, um, it seems almost random, like Mm -hmm. how you respond. It seems very random how that specific person responds to it. Like for example, if you take somebody that is of the same age and has like the same VO2 max, like they can breathe the same, they're in the same mm-hmm. general well-being and health and it doesn't affect them. And then one person is getting a really bad case of it. Um, is there any kind of rationale for why that is, or is it just kind of still to be determined? Do you think?
1: Yeah. So as far as I know, it's still to be determined. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of what we typically treat, we have so much research and all this, uh, it's, you know, evidence-based practice, uh, leading us to the way that we treat, uh, typical illnesses. So you kind of have, you know, you see a patient come in with a heart attack and you kind of have a roadmap, um, of what to expect, but with coronavirus, um, We don't really know what to expect Um, from my understanding what a lot of the doctors are doing is they're just gathering all this information from different parts of the world, putting it together, trying to figure out what they they think is working the best and it almost kind of feels like a scramble sometimes because like I said, we don't have that evidence-based just yet, we don't have enough of it, so it's yeah, it's kind of we're just doing our best with that. what
0: it's like? But what are, it's like what sure. are the yeah? It's like what are the patterns? We're just like you know, you have to pull all that information and somehow kind of all right. There's like a there's a dot. I'm trying to connect this dot right now. Um, exactly. And that's that's you know that's a lot as it is. Let alone handling the day to day. Um, the people mm-hmm. that already need treatment already need care and, and so forth. Um, so if we take a look back to before you became a nurse and, um, before you got into this situation, obviously I'm sure you'd never imagined it, but, um, you were also in kind of another pretty grueling environment. You were a swimmer, which is really grueling for a lot of people, um, especially cardiovascularly. Um, how is being an athlete and in that specific, uh, specific, type of athlete, how's that prepared you?
1: Um, it's definitely swimming gave me a lot of discipline over the years. It taught me a lot of discipline, which is very important in my career from school to now my current job role. And then I think I mentioned it before how important adapting to your environment is. And I think with swimming um, each day and each competition could bring something new. So you kind of have to adapt to um, the day-to-day practices. And then also in nursing, you have to adapt to the day-to-day, what you're doing and adapt to your different patients. So it definitely gave me that. Um, I think it's really made me a hard worker and, um, swimming you can't be lazy and nursing you absolutely cannot be lazy so um, that's been great qualities that i think have helped um excel me in my career
0: uh you i'm um, do you still get up at those you know five four four thirty wake-up calls anymore if you need, uh, if you have a choice
1: <laughs> so fun thing i actually work night shifts so okay Technically, I am awake at 4.30 a.m., 5.30 a.m., but on my days that I'm off, I do transition to a kind of normal day schedule, and absolutely, I do not get up at those hours. I love to sleep in. (laughs) I need like eight to ten hours to function, so yeah, yeah, no, you won't find me up at those hours uh, otherwise.
0: Yeah, that's uh. Do you like that? Do you like the Do you like the night shifts? I mean, that's it's been two spectrums (laughs) of it. You've been in the morning, now you've been at night. Yeah.
1: Yeah, um, I do like the night shifts, and I have to say that as well because I chose it. I brought it upon myself. Um, Does my body love night shifts? I don't think so. We're definitely definitely kind of adjusting still to that, but as far in my personal mind, I love night shifts um, for so many reasons. Um, I love my team at night, and I just can't imagine uh, switching to days and leaving them.
0: Have you been in the night shift this entire period that you started as a nurse?
1: When I first started the first three months, I trained on day shifts. Okay. Um, day shifts are a little bit hectic in a different way compared to night shifts, Um they both kind of had their pros and cons, but so I've been on night shifts for about six months now.
0: Okay. Um, and so going back to swimming, you got those early wake up calls. Um, you really progressed a lot, UNF, and uh, became one of the greatest swimmers that we've had in especially our Division One history. Um, mm-hmm. what, what allowed you to be able to swim so many different events well? Because that's the, one of the intriguing mm-hmm. things.
1: Yeah, so that I feel like the a lot of my events actually came by accident, um, and you know I had distance. I was recruited as a distance swimmer um, at the time. My backstroke was decent. Um, I want to say my first couple of years, I probably swam some some of the dual meets. I probably raced backstroke, but we all all four of my years, we had some really good backstrokers. So. Um, there was no really reason for me to go further with that. And then probably right before I signed on to UNF, my, my butterfly had actually just started improving. And that was, that probably ended up the 200 butterfly was probably my favorite event. I just enjoyed swimming it. I enjoyed racing it. So I pushed really hard to become one of our flyers as well. And, um, that kind of came about, I want to say there was like, there was like a specific practice one time, no one really realized how my butterfly had improved. And we did a practice one day, and I, I raced like a 200 fly and, you know, impressed everyone. And then I kind of voiced that that's something I wanted to, um, you know, continue doing. So I got that on board and, you know, then couldn't, you know, never looked back with that one. And then as far as like my sprinting, um, I think that really came out of my work actually in the weight room. Um, I started getting stronger, so I didn't really ever sprint on its own, but to be in relays and be able to help out my team in that sense, that really, I think came out of just getting stronger Mm -hmm. and getting more muscle.
0: Um, going into kind of your other, you had that 200 fly record and then, um, talk about the time difference that i had i believe it was your uh one and your your 1000 free and this it was a split within your 1650 that you dropped i think (laughs) three or four seconds um how do you how does like a distance swimmer really improve that much in their time how can it how can you cut that much
1: um i think it really you'd have to ask my coaches for that yeah um I was fortunate, you know, senior year, I had Ian and, um, my assistant coach, Haley, um, both of them had a lot of knowledge and distance. Um, they had gotten to kind of know how they really got to know, like how to train me, uh, the best I couldn't tell you, but they figured it out. So I think that really helped. And, um, you just work a lot with splits. Um, when you're swimming a lot a distance, you know, you swim the thousand, you swim the mile, you want to stay consistent with your times and, uh, you know, just mess messing up 150, you know, one being like 30 seconds compared to the next one being 32 seconds, you know, that pushes you back. Um, so they worked a lot with just being consistent with me and, um, getting the right workouts during training season. And then also I have to give it to like my whole distance training group, you know, they pushed me every single day and, um, It just kind of all came together and worked out that way. Um, I I don't even, you know, I can't pinpoint it, but just a collaboration of all of us got that time drop.
0: How do you stay consistent from like fifty to fifty within a sixteen fifty? Do you truly feel like I'm forty five seconds slower than I should be? Um, Is it because of turns? Is it, you know, what is? I mean, you're probably not even needing to do a turn, but yeah. Um,
1: so <laughs> staying consistent, it really comes down to training. You know, we specifically will do different sets um, during practice, and we have to hold the time. We have to hold the time. And your coach is timing, you You know, letting you know you're off. You know, you need to go faster. And um, during the race, a lot of it comes down to actually, you know, the coach is signaling to you and letting you know, like, if you're on pace or not, I think, I think you did a podcast recently with Ian and he mm-hmm. mentioned it, that, um, our counters are making certain, um, movements, um, with like the count. you know, mm-hmm. you have this number that's letting you know what lap you're on and yep. uh, yeah, they, they shake it a certain way and that's going to let you know where you're at. So that's important as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, thanks for listening to that one, though, by the way. I know that Ian is a, is a big trivia and podcast guy, so I knew that <laughs> he would enjoy it thoroughly. So <laughs> I'm glad that yeah, I got him on. That's really funny. And congrats to him, by the way, newly married as well. Um, oh, yeah. beautiful. Do you have a favorite record of yours? Do you have a favorite swim Um because obviously you had three individual and then one that you shared.
1: Yeah. So I would say my favorite would be, my favorite definitely the mile. Um, Mm -hmm. That is something I got close to so many times and just didn't quite get um, until that senior year. And that was actually my final mile. So it was was a last chance (laughs) to Mm -hmm. actually break that record. And it was one that I wanted from freshman year. So Um, I think I wanted that. I wanted all the records, but I wanted that one more than the rest. And so to finally get it my senior year was super exciting. Um, But I love all my records and, you know, I hope people break them because I want to see the team improve. But I also Mm -hmm. love having them. And um, I think one thing people actually don't realize is all three of my records were actually broken um, in the same, um, final session, I know. Uh, the mile and 200 flyer on the same day. So that's, crazy. that's actually, I don't know. I, I really, I just cherish that. And I, I love that whole, you know, that's mm-hmm. such a, like, that was a highlight night of my life. So
0: mm-hmm. why was it that day? How did you come out and perform like that? Especially with the extra pressure, knowing that this is my senior year.
1: Um, we, I mean, we trained the whole year knowing that that was going to be it. You don't get a whole, um, you don't get a lot of opportunity to swim the mile. A lot of the dual meets actually end up being 1000s. And so we knew, you know, the whole season that that was going to be the last chance. And that would be the night because that's the night that you're tapered, you're rested, you're suited up. So you're ready, um, to, to perform your best. So we knew that was going to. So we took that in consideration when I was training, and then um, yeah, like I said, you know, I have to really give it out to um, my coaches because they just—I think they really made everything possible, and um, you know, I just followed along and trusted in everything that we were doing, which um, led to um, accomplishing that. Mm-hmm.
0: How did you? How did you end up swimming at UNF? Mm-hmm.
1: Um so I was recruited um back in high school. Um I wanna say they the coaches then they they actually had probably come to a meet and saw me swim and um they made they uh took entrance. I had actually never heard of the University of North Florida, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but they reached out and, you know, I researched the school. I came on a trip and um it was just yeah, it was, you know, no question after the trip that I, I loved the university. I loved the team. And um, I definitely saw a future here. So after that, that's how there, yeah, like I said, no question. And Mm -hmm. I signed probably right after my trip.
0: So you have two um, people in your immediate family swimming. Yeah. I mean, yourself and your brother. Um, Do you guys ever, get out and compete, you know, out in the water or how's that, how's that been? Do you guys share tricks or, or, or tricks of the trade?
1: Uh, so my brother, when I was swimming, you know, he was always there for advice. Um, but as far as racing, he is absolutely out of my league. He's so much better than I am. He was also a distance swimmer. We did share some similar, um, uh, different strokes and whatnot, but we'll swim sometimes. We'll get in a pool together, and it's more so like we're just like timing each other and seeing what we can do. But I cannot race him, he's always and always just will be so much better than me. So uh, <laughs> I wish.
0: <laughs> What's the psyche of a distance swimmer? I mean, it must be a DNA thing, I guess, too. I mean, (laughs) you have...
1: I have no idea.
0: (laughs) I mean, you got to be tough, I would think.
1: Yeah. I think, I mean, anything, you have to be tough. Sprinters Mm -hmm. have a special mindset. Um, There's actually some... I think there's some funny videos back from, like, Olympics past where um, they talk about which stroke you're actually... Like, how crazy you are versus what uh, event you swim. But... Mm -hmm. I don't know. We just, we just are, are what we are.
0: Um, yeah. That, there's a lot of those funny comparisons. I know a lot of the common ones is they'll say pitchers or the
1: mm-hmm. wacky
0: ones or punters the run, the or kickers. I
1: think they yeah. Say yeah. Okay. That's interesting. I
0: never, I've actually never heard that. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I follow swimming a little bit, but um, mm-hmm. that's interesting. Um, so right now when you have days off uh, what's your favorite way to pass the time?
1: Right now, you know you mean like with the corona going on, mm-hmm. passing time, mm-hmm. um right now, I try to get at a workout every day, mm-hmm. and um I do my best. It's great to get your body moving. I think that really helps uh, mentally and otherwise, I'm just trying to explore, you know hobbies that I have. Mm-hmm. My apartment's cleaner than it's ever been, keeping yeah. it that way, so uh, love that hasn't it was not clean prior to corona um, and then like I said just exploring different hobbies trying to be um, creative and you know do the weird things I do I really <laughs> I really enjoy like crocheting and right. working with what's this thing called cross stitch so um, now's
0: the time to do those things yeah exactly mm-hmm.
1: took on a few little new projects for myself <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. absolutely um, so anything else you want to add, um, throw in there words of encouragement for anybody?
1: Um, let's see, just words of encouragement are just, you know, pursue your passions. Um, and if you run into a roadblock or something that you didn't expect, just do your best to adapt and, um, be positive every day. And that's really going to drive you to reach in your goals.
0: Great. Well, thank you, Amy. Thank you. Congrats on, um, again, a couple years back on your career here at UNF, but your continued success and, um, please stay safe and, uh, we'll be in touch with you.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks, Amy. Great time talking today. Your efforts really count. We can't overstate that. And, And thank you for continuing to represent the Ospreys. So stay safe. And before we take off, continue to follow everything that's going on in UNF Athletics as we continue to post content on our social media accounts at the following places, UNF Ospreys on Twitter, along with all the sports-specific accounts, North Florida Ospreys on Facebook, UNF Ospreys on Instagram, and on UNFOspreys.com. So thanks for listening. We'll see you guys here next week. Uh, we'll have another great interview lined up. Julian Bradley former men's tennis player and he's now playing professionally so we're catching up with him and seeing what his life is like right now swoop